Welcome to Beyond the Bedroom. I'm Birna. I'm a sex educator and I am obviously, as you can tell, the host of this podcast. And I want to say welcome back because so many people uh, have been longtime listeners now. I'm really happy with the way this podcast is going. Um, I love seeing it grow. I love seeing how excited everyone gets for a new episode. I just think that's really fun. So thank you to my loyal listeners. So a little life update. So I am uh, recording this on July 7th and I'm going to publish this on July 7th. Uh, Sometimes I record my episodes like way in advance and give them out later, but give them out. Oh my God. I'm already like in Iceland and I'm speaking English in the way Icelandic phrasing is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I'm back in Iceland. I was in New York for about a month. This podcast is all about first time hookups. So what brought you back? What pushed you away? What made you kind of turn away from that person? What was memorable in a bad way, in a good way? I got some pretty wild stories for everybody and I'm going to share some of my own. But first, a little life update. So yeah, I was in New York for a month. It was nice being back home, you know, so to speak. It's weird that I'm not gonna call it home again though when I move back to the U.S. I've only really lived in New York City and like the greater New York area like the suburbs of New York my whole life so um besides when I moved to Iceland here in 2018. So wild but uh I'm moving to D.C. so yay so exciting uh I move on in like two weeks or something it's so wild like I cannot believe how freaking quickly time has been flying this summer has gone by in a blink of the eye blink of an eye i can't believe that it's already july it's just so wild to me but um while i was in new york i made some really great new connections i have some really cool things up my sleeve happening in new york later so in like september and december uh, so if you're in the New York area, keep your eyes peeled on my Instagram. I'm going to be announcing it in the next couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, I'll be in DC. So I am starting my, um, it's, uh, it's technically like an MPH. It's a master's in this degree program called health and the public interest at Georgetown university. It was my, it was definitely like my dream program. And I'm really happy that someone reached out and told me to apply to it. And um, I was not 100% sure I was going to get in, obviously. It's like a really uh, demanding program too. And I applied actually, um, I had COVID when I was like doing the application. So I was like a little loopy. I was like, I hope this makes sense. (laughs) I was like, please. But I know I've probably talked about it on the pod before, but I'm just really excited to, to be going and if any of my listeners, any of my followers are in DC, hit me up. I would love to do a little maybe meetup, uh, beyond the bedroom meetup at a bar or something. That'd be really, really cool. I think that would be fun. But okay, without further ado, I'll give you some more life updates at the end of the episode. But I know this is the reason you listen to these episodes is to get to the to the sex ed content so we're veering a little bit away from it though this episode I'm not really talking that much about sex ed I'm more talking about relationships and um, in case you didn't know this is not the scope of my research this is not the scope of my practice I do not give relationship advice unless it pertains to health and sexuality but I think it's really fun to talk about relationships I think it's really fun to talk about hookups and one night stands and when you first start hooking up with someone and how different that can be uh, because you know it relates to sex ed and, and it's kind of a part of it in a, inadvertently so I love this topic because uh, it brings out the wildest stories as well and I asked some pretty juicy questions this week on Instagram I think uh, it was it was cool to see the different experiences you all had and the really 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 diverse opinions it's super divided too on stuff like orgasms and first-time hookups and red flags and green flags and all this stuff but the reason I asked these questions um in particular about like 
is having an orgasm a requirement the first time you hook up with someone is because I was having a conversation with someone uh, and it really opened my eyes to just so like we're so different in terms of our expectations in bed. Basically, they said, I should never have to tell someone what to do. If I have to use my words with someone ever, then they're never worth hooking up with again. And to me, I was like, huh, that's really interesting because like I've hooked up with people and I just could not read them. I could not tell like, like I could tell they were having a good time and I was like pulled away and I was like, are you good? You know? Um, and they're like, yeah, this is amazing. Don't stop. But like, it was kind of hard to read. But other times they've been like, mm, I'm just like not feeling it. It would be really confusing to me if someone like didn't say a single thing during our entire hookup and then just like didn't talk to me again. I would be like, did I do something? Did I go over a boundary? Like, what is it? But also like, how am I supposed to know what you want if you're not telling me? Because there's like a thousand ways. I mean, I know I, I teach sex techniques. Like <laughs> there's a thousand ways to do things to people and make them feel good. So it's like, how am I supposed to know if you're not really telling me with words and maybe your body language isn't clear enough, right? Because, you know, I never stop talking like, hello, I have a podcast, right? So it only makes sense that I'm super vocal in other aspects of my life too. But, you know, I'm definitely vocal in bed. And even with a first time partner, it doesn't have to be super like direct or cold or awkward or anything like that. It can, it can be simple and it can be as easy as giving someone a compliment and then directing them you know like to something I like more or making it sexy or just making it casual like it doesn't have to be so awkward like I don't know why people think it's like this awkward thing it's not it's not awkward unless you make it awkward so just practice like what you want and and how to say it and stuff you know but more on that at a different time I'm gonna have a communication for better sex video coming out soon and if you haven't checked out my podcast episode on dirty talk you should go ahead and do so because that's kind of like the gist of that, right? But anyway, let's say you're hooking up with a new partner. So I asked on Instagram, imagine you're hooking up with someone new, right? Are these things deal breakers for you or could it totally work out? Like, could you work it out with that person, right? So uh, listeners, even if you voted on the Instagram, you might have forgotten what you said. So let's take a little poll while we listen. So deal breaker or we can work it out. They stay totally silent during sex. So 29% of you said deal breaker. 71% said we can work it out. That's what I'm saying. So you can totally work it out. I think like if you just ask the right questions and you nudge them a little and I mean sometimes it just you have to break the ice, you know? I know to me, it probably seems, it, it is foreign to me to like not be able to talk about sex because that's like my whole, that's my whole deal, right? That's like everything I do. But I get where people are coming from uh, when people are like, oh, like I just, I can't open up about it because I help people do that all the time. But, you know, it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. Uh, just... Maybe, you know, you totally like it when someone's completely silent during sex, but also like you don't have to let someone be kind of in locked in, in, in their kind of miscommunication with you. Um, you can ask them in a really gentle, open way. I mean, it doesn't have to be like, why aren't you saying anything? <laughs> don't do that. It can be in a how can we make it feel even better type of way. Uh, and some people just are embarrassed. So sometimes it can just be as simple as like putting their hand on top of yours while you're doing stuff to them or, or letting them kind of take the lead for a little bit and just see what happens. Okay, so deal breaker or not, bad body odor. So bad BO. This was a deal breaker for a lot of you. So 71% said it's a deal breaker and 29% said we could work it out we could work it out I think um for me it depends I think like if I ask them it depends where the body odor is coming from first of all like you know what I mean um but if someone just like forgot to put on deodorant you know I'm like hey do you wear deodorant um or like didn't shower or something I would have to assess, you know, the rest of their hygiene habits. Like, did they have clean teeth? Did they have clean clothes on? Um, and like, what's going on if I'm at their place? Like, what does their bathroom look like? Is it clean? Stuff like that. But I think the reason that it's a deal breaker for a lot of people is because it 
can be just so off-putting. Like it can totally ruin the mood. Uh, A lot of people have reactive desire also and they need a certain environment to feel more sexual attraction and to also be able to feel desire and act on it and also for arousal to come up. So uh, in that instance, like going into like the scientific portion of this, um, of course, like things that'll throw you off, like unclean bedroom or someone has bad body odor, if those things step on your brakes, I mean, it can be kind of hard, right, to um, to let go of that. So I totally get that. Um, bad breath to me can be such a turnoff. Uh, it can, uh, like, it can really, like, ruin the mood to me, especially if, like, someone's mouth just tastes bad, you know? But that's a quick fix. Like, I've definitely said to people, like, um, you know, do you mind brushing your teeth? Especially in the morning. I don't know. It doesn't hurt to ask. If someone gets upset because their breath smells, like that's not really on me. I don't know. I used to be that type of person that was like, "Mm, I don't know if I should say anything. But now I'm like, why would I sit through something that's straight up uncomfortable for me? Um, Unless, I mean, obviously there's like, I'm not a raging narcissistic bitch here. (laughs) Obviously there's like levels to that. There's things I have to do that are uncomfortable for me in life obviously but you know what I mean like if someone has really bad breath in the morning but wants to have like a heavy makeout session I can just kindly be like "Ooh, let's go brush our teeth and continue this if it ruins the mood for them that's okay it's already ruined the mood for me because they're bad breath so why should I put you know in that instance my needs so much further behind theirs but you know anyway lack of passion or immediate chemistry so this is like a first time hookup that doesn't have that immediate like fireworks uh and 75 percent of people said it was a deal breaker the rest of you guys said you could work it out for me it depends on obviously like the rest of the factors going on like are they really really great like am i super attracted to them is everything else going well and like the chemistry can build I think like a lot of people have this idea that we need like these fireworks and passion and all this stuff and um I've kind of learned with time that that stuff builds you know like sometimes it's more important if someone is like treating you with respect and kindness and just is super into you in every other way you know and if the sex is just lacking passion you can totally like get more comfortable with each other and then that could build that could grow and it's amazing when it does grow and you watch it grow I think that's like a really beautiful thing if it's never gonna grow (laughs) then that's something that you need to assess like is it a deal breaker for me or not I was in a relationship with someone who I liked everything about them so much They were so attractive. They were just, they treated me so well. They were so funny. They were so patient. They were a great communicator. But in bed, we kind of had a lot of issues. We clashed a little on a lot of, or we clashed on a lot of things in bed. And also, uh, they got really distracted. And I already kind of have a hard time dealing when somebody isn't connecting with me. Um, So it was just the chemistry, sexual chemistry wasn't there. But we realized like we were just better off being friends and that became a really great friendship in my life because we didn't have that need or sexual like chemistry. We didn't have that like want to just like rip each other's clothes off, you know what I mean? So in that regard, it turned out better as a friendship, but I've been in other relationships where the sex, it wasn't like awkward at first, but it just wasn't fireworks but after a couple times when we got to know each other more and when we got to assess like what we needed and what we wanted from each other then the chemistry definitely grew and I think that's really cool I love when that happens so you never know maybe if it's not like fireworks right away give it a couple more times if you want to see what happens so this is also something that I wanted to check in with you all um how often are you like speaking up when you're hooking up with someone how often are you seeing what your deal breakers are and like are you speaking up with it is it worth speaking up and when is it a good time to say something and when is it like just kind of a lost cause right so 
obviously depends on the situation, but how they act after sex. Are they really just calm after and like there with you? I mean, even if they're sleepy, they're at least you're like in the room with them, so to speak, you know? Or are they like in a hurry? Do they check their phone, get up as soon as possible, get dressed? They're like halfway out the door before you even roll over, right? That can be a total turnoff for a lot of people. And for a lot of people, it feels disrespectful too because sex can just, even if you're not in a relationship, like you just did that with someone, you don't need to run out the door literally like two seconds after, right? So 37% of you said it's not worth speaking up and 63% said I would speak up and ask them to change. Obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into this. I mean, come on, <laughs> like not every situation is going to be the same, but I think, you know, if if you really do like that person and everything else that night seemed great, if they're like in a total hurry right after you hook up, I would speak up um, and ask them to change. And if that person, it wasn't great the whole night or regardless of how you feel, if someone's running, literally running away after you just had sex, I think like you should speak up personally. Um, I mean... <laughs> I'm not allowed, like when I do one-on-one sessions, I'm not allowed to tell people what to do in that regard, but this is my podcast and I make the rules. So I personally would speak up, uh, and I kind of hope that you do too, because it can be kind of disrespectful, right? Like you can't even say bye or like you can't, you know, it's like someone's like running away. I've definitely been in those situations before where someone's like, okay, gotta go. And you're just like, whoa, like you literally a second later or like, right after everything kind of winds down then they start like checking their phone or they like get up and like wander into the kitchen and sometimes I'm like hey can you come back you know and or are you gonna come back you know what I mean like pay attention to the person that you just did that with uh and if they're like oh you know sorry like because sometimes people just go into their own little world after especially like I mean after like a lot of different experiences but um sometimes they just kind of get lost, you know, and they're like, oh, wow, sorry, I wasn't really paying attention. And they kind of zone back into you and they ask you what you need and stuff. Um, That's a different thing. But if someone's just like, it's almost like you just don't exist to them after the sex, um, like immediately after, that can be a red flag for sure. Uh, Because like what happened to the person who was charming and nice and respectful that just disappears right after. I think like that's the reason why a lot of people, when they end up in those situations, they become really apprehensive and they get really guarded and maybe not into one night stands all the time. That's totally valid. And there's also people that have casual sex and uh, constant one night stands. And um, actually, I kind of hate the term casual sex. (laughs) Um, I think like we should find a better term, uh, but they are... uh, more easily down to have a one-night stand or or go hook up with someone for the first time with without intention of maybe a relationship behind it and stuff and I don't think one of those people is like better than the other and there's a lot of people like me who fall somewhere in between right um I wouldn't rule out a hookup with someone if um you know I really was attracted to them and they were a great person I didn't really feel like you know a relationship was something I really needed at the moment or wanted or was seeking uh but I would see kind of where it goes um but I've also been in those positions where I was like I'm just not really down to have mediocre sex with someone I just met which is also like (laughs) you can just kind of tell sometimes like if it's like almost four in the morning and you're like leaving the club like sometimes I'm just like I would well actually all the time I'm like I would rather just go home on my own I personally don't like being in close contact with people not necessarily because of any bad experiences but I think it's because I like feeling well rested (laughs) and um if hookups are happening earlier in the night that's great and uh, I like going and sleeping in my own bed and I think there's nothing wrong with that you know does that like change my sexuality absolutely not uh recently somebody was talking to me about hookups and stuff And I told them like, you know, I have ADHD and so it helps me focus better during sex if I like know the person more, which sounds weird, but like that's something that happens with me um, because I'm like more rooted in the thought of them having a good time 
and and things like that so they they try to like slap a sexuality label on me and I didn't like that at all I was like no I do not identify with that um and I don't think you need to label yourself any differently if you love having one night stands or if you don't ever want to do that like that doesn't change who you are like as a sexual being like your desire and arousal aren't necessarily affected by that um because for me like I can have like really high arousal and I can be really sexually attracted to someone and my desire can be through the roof and I still just want to go home and I'd rather call them later and and hook up at a different time I don't know like that's just kind of how I am and that doesn't mean that I'm less sexual than someone who has hookups more and also some people that have more hookups doesn't mean that they have more desire than other people Uh, and it's not a question about self-control either you know it's about what you want and and how it makes you feel and if it makes you feel great to go home with that person go ahead if it makes you feel good to go home alone be my guest like I think we should stop seeing these things as like oh that means that you're automatically uh, demisexual or asexual or whatever label you want to put on it because those are real terms that have real meanings and that's not what they mean and I'll do a episode later about those types of sexuality uh, but knowing your boundaries and knowing what works best for you and how you feel the best in your sex life you don't need to put a label on it if you don't want to um, and especially not a label that has nothing to do with your sexual behavior in that regard just wanted to put that out there as a little side note but anyway so uh, when is it worth speaking up uh, I think sometimes people also don't speak up when they first meet someone which is something I do all the time like I'm kind of like I don't know how they're going to react to this because I don't know them well enough right so I asked my audience all of you overall in your sex life when things aren't up to par with your desires or needs do you more often than not speak up and ask they change speak up and not expect a change don't speak up because it's not worth my time or i don't speak up because i like to avoid uncomfortable confrontation right so uh it was really mixed and most people said either speak up and ask they change or speak up not worth my time so I personally am actually in a different category so I speak up but I don't expect a change so what that means is like I'll tell someone how I feel but their response to that isn't my responsibility so like I won't necessarily ask they change but I'll say I don't like when you do this I would like it better if you did something else but I'm not going to say you need to do this you need to do that because for me personally that's just how I operate but there's other people that operate better by telling someone directly you need to do this so I can do that Uh, and that's why different relationships work well for different people Uh, but for the people who said that they don't speak up because they want to avoid uncomfortable confrontation my advice would be to adjust your expectations and also try that method of like you can speak up about something but if they don't handle it well it's not your fault and it's not your responsibility and if they handle it really well then it's not because necessarily you're worth changing for it's more because they took that decision so making yourself kind of like the neutral party if that makes sense can really help because you're eliminating yourself from the equation and you get to focus on their behavior you get to focus on are they willing to make this change for me because it makes me uncomfortable and i i want to see how they react to that or are they not taking the criticism or change well and making me feel bad what is the reflection on them then you know uh because i i totally used to be the person that either was way too direct with people or uh in the opposite where i was like I really don't feel like speaking up because I, I feel like always unsafe doing that. So it took me a while to get to the point where I am now, but I'm really happy I did. I'm going to exercise that ability to speak up right now 
And I'm going to speak up and tell you about my discount code with Maud. Oh, see what I did there? So Maud, of course, friend of the show. We all know now you can use my code B-I-R-N-A-10 at getmod.com. So I was recently in New York and I got some of the, the lube again. And I got the little water-based and the silicone, like the little travel kits. And I was kind of in a pinch and I didn't have any hair care products with me. But silicone is a main ingredient in a lot of hair care products. So I used a little bit of the silicone lube in my hair before giving myself a blowout. And it was amazing. So if you have the silicone lube at home, now you know it is great. You can even use it in your hair, on your body. It's so moisturizing. It's so nice. So I wanted to share that little tidbit with you, a little pro tip. You can use it literally from head to toe. So go ahead and get some with a little discount from me and uh, tell them that I sent you. Get your discount, support the podcast, and tell me how it is literally like tell me like did you like your vibrator was the lube as good as i said it was are you happy with your candle do you do you think of me every time you use the soap in the shower i mean i'm flattered if you do but anyway go to getmod.com use my code everything will be linked in the description of this episode so let's talk about the difference between they didn't give you an orgasm versus you didn't have an orgasm Right. Because like I I talked about this on my Instagram because like on one hand, right, I understand when people are like they didn't give me an orgasm because it can feel like someone's ignoring your pleasure and that can be bad. And like, are they not even putting in effort? Do they not even care about your orgasms? Do they not care about your pleasure? Right. But when people tell me like, oh, I didn't have an orgasm, then I can kind of tell that it's more of a it takes two to tango situation, you know? Um, and it makes me curious, like how many people think about an orgasm as someone else's job versus how many people think about it as like, it's also my job, you know, to speak up about it, to tell people, Hey, I want to be touched like this, to show them with my body, to get down and do it myself, you know? Um, so which one is it for you? Right. Uh, because like, right. It sucks when someone doesn't even put in effort to like get you off. I mean, it, it sucks so much. But are you speaking up? What indications are you giving? Maybe it's first time jitters for you or for them. Who knows? What language are you using about orgasms? Whose job is it? And is it a requirement? So I asked my audience what their thoughts were about first time orgasm requirements. Let's go through some of their replies. So someone goes... I used to think it was a reason to ghost people. So meaning like if they didn't give her an orgasm, they would ghost right away. But then I realized I never even asked or said anything to indicate that I needed more pressure, more stimulation, etc. People aren't mind readers and I can definitely see how I was being unrealistic. So that's nice because, you know, is it fair to say, oh, this person didn't give me an orgasm, so I'm never speaking to them again. That's definitely up to the individual, right? But I I think it's kind of cool that someone reflected on their behaviors. So let's give them some snaps for that. So someone else goes, it's definitely not a requirement for me because I have a hard time orgasm usually with only penetration. So it's not a deal breaker, but I definitely notice how much effort and care they seem to bring to my pleasure. Deal breaker if they don't even put in effort or care. So I like this. Um, This is pretty much how I feel minus one sneaky little change for me because penetration isn't always on the table for me for first time hookups. Uh, Not all sex for me obviously involves penetration like P and V style um, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, also like not every time I have sex with someone there's penetration involved. So, uh, but I can, you know, get off lots of different ways uh but you know penetration is a hard one to have an orgasm from for a lot of people so I totally get that like obviously I mean the clitoris isn't getting that much action so a lot of people well most of us that have a clitoris need clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm so 
kind of tough if someone's just like jackhammering into you without paying any attention to your clit and you're just kind of like laying there. Oof, not great. So I totally get that. But also if the penetration is like great and amazing and you're having a really amazing time but you didn't orgasm but they were like trying things, they were at least like touching you in different places, they made you feel good and sensual and cared for, whatever you want to feel, um, I mean, then they're putting in effort, right? So it does, it definitely does like matter, like, because sometimes like people haven't made me orgasm, right? Like either I did it myself or it just didn't happen, but the sex was like amazing. Like I can totally tell you like it was in the top 10, right? So does it matter always? Not really, but does the effort behind it matter? I would say that matters more. And also sometimes I've had an orgasm, but the sex wasn't even good. So there's that whole, that's another conversation. But a lot of people internalize their ability to orgasm or inability, I should say. Uh, So that can be kind of tough because you're already then nervous about not having an orgasm. Then you're internalizing it and you're like, oh, like this is not going to be good because I'm not going to have an orgasm. And then you either kind of give up or you don't even try or you just start having a weird relationship with sex or especially penetrative sex you're like oh I don't even want to do this so I think that um it's really hard to do but taking orgasm off the table for a little bit and focusing on what feels good and chasing that regardless of if you orgasm or not might help your relationship with with those things but a guy friend of mine said and this is like kind of speaking about internalizing this inability a guy friend of mine said oh man I never reach an O the first time I'm with someone it's death caused some tension uh and he put the little smiling sweating emoji uh so yeah like orgasms aren't everything but at the same time they're this cultural indicator that you have succeeded at sex with someone right so of course there's pressure however so weird that nature does this for most of us more pressure makes it less likely to happen for so many people sometimes more pressure on the orgasm makes it happen quicker and that's like a subset of people that are i would say very lucky but uh yeah i mean like more pressure more stress more anxiety around it can cause performance anxiety uh and it can cause a lot of issues with blood flow it can cause a lot of numbness emotionally or physically and ultimately prevent you from having an orgasm and sometimes it can even prevent you from feeling arousal or desire so uh it's it's this like big monster like this orgasm anxiety monster that comes for a lot of us and uh especially if you feel rushed right so if penetrative sex to you feels rushed i would invite you to consider that maybe your partner doesn't care as much about your pleasure as you might think or maybe they care but they're not putting it into practice so why is it hard for you guys to slow down why is it so difficult you know and if you're someone like my guy friend who it causes tension maybe tell them I mean I guess it doesn't really matter because at this point you've probably told them like I had a good time don't worry it'll come with time (laughs) literally Ah, that that was that just wrote itself um but the orgasm will happen with time but uh you know it is such a big cultural indicator especially like ejaculation it's just like well like he didn't come so there's something wrong with me it's like a huge cultural message that we kind of receive so it can be really tough for everybody when they don't have an orgasm for the first time hooking up with someone someone else goes I usually don't orgasm with a partner of any gender the first time. Nice when I do, though. Um, To me, this feels like a healthy approach, right? It takes time to get to know someone's needs and wants and genitals. (laughs) Uh, But it also takes a little time for you to cozy up and be comfortable enough to release and literally release your muscles and literally relax your mind and be able to have one. Someone else said... I don't always orgasm the first time, but I am also what people call selfish in bed 
an orgasm really, really easily. Okay, so this is me, literally. So I literally do not orgasm always the first time, uh, obviously, but I am also, um, I wouldn't say selfish in bed. I don't know if I like that term, but I kind of go for it on my own. I put my own fingers down there, you know? Uh, And for me, you know, it doesn't necessarily like indicate how good or bad the sex was if I orgasmed because to me, it's like, even if I had an orgasm, like I said, like, was it because like it was me or was it the effort that they put? But like, if I made myself orgasm, but they still had like so much passion and effort and they were really motivated to make me feel good, then it was great. So I think overall, what we're taking away from this is, is it really always about the orgasm or is it the effort they're putting behind your pleasure that is more important? So as promised, I'm circling back to some thoughts about mind reading in bed because, you know, is it uh, the person's job to just know how to make you come right away? And if those things aren't happening, is there a divide there, right? Is it, is it just not meant to be, perhaps? So, you know, it was really divided because some people said, um, why should I have to say embarrassing words just to get someone to care about my orgasm? They should know what I want. I'm literally naked next to them. Okay, well, sometimes all you can say to replies like this is just like, yikes, and move on. But I'm going to dissect it a little bit. So let's, uh, let's look at this. Why should I have to say embarrassing words? So you're, you're saying that like sexuality and sex, like asking for what you want is embarrassing to you. I get that. Like it can be really hard, right? But then you pivot and you're like, just to get someone to care about my orgasm. Sounds like you might be a little resentful. Um, they should know what I want. I'm literally naked next to them. That's where you lose me because I'm like, okay, someone, you know, you could be naked next to someone. It doesn't mean they know how to please you hundred percent. They don't know what to do always. And it's okay to give someone a little direction. It's okay with your body language or your words or whatever, because, you know, that's just the name of the game. So I don't know. Is it rude to say grow up? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, more people said it's annoying as fuck my ex of six years would just roll off and pout if i didn't mind read so again we say to him grow up uh someone says of course not reasonable i can't read someone's mind um and then another person said it often shows poor communication in other aspects too i prefer people being direct And even if people are like indirect, but they're at least showing some sign, you know, like that they like it, that they don't like it, a facial expression, a sound, a hand movement, a word, just something, right? Someone else goes, uh, I used to be this person because I got no education on relationships when young. So maybe it's unfair to always say grow up, but I think it's more just for people who are like, oh, I shouldn't have to say anything ever you should know what to do. My penis is right there. I'm like, okay, relax. But for this person, I get that. I mean, like, come on. Like, I was just joking. <laughs> Don't be mad. <laughs> no, but I'm just kidding. Um, I I think like a lot of us just don't know what to say and don't know what to do. Uh, and that's okay too. And uh, I think that it's important to recognize like, oh, I might have done that, but I just didn't know better. Um and that's okay, you know? And for the first person that I I spoke about that they said, you know, they should know what I want. I'm literally naked next to them. Just acknowledge that not everybody knows. And, uh, sounds like you're a sex master and you know how to please everyone in the world, but not everyone is like that, unfortunately. So give people some slack and direct them a little bit more. So first time hooking up, what is memorable in a good way? 20% of you said communication, 25% said chemistry, and the rest of you said, I need both. And I think I agree, but I know the chemistry can like evolve with time and it evolves with time usually because of communication. So I don't know, maybe you can put me in that boat. I need both. So how do you direct someone better in bed? with only your words, with only your body language. 72% of you said a mix of both. Of course, I knew that that was going to be the outcome. I just wanted to see if you guys were paying attention in that poll, you know? 
but uh, some people just like to use their words uh, due to a maybe an accessibility standpoint and some people like to use their body language uh, because they feel embarrassed or shy about their words so of course you know um, for most people it's a mix of both because body language can also mean things like a heart rate elevating and things like that so some people count that as body language Uh, but you know it can also be like moving and and putting someone's hand somewhere and and moving your hips around and stuff like that. So it kind of depends on how you interpret what body language means. So when did you know you wanted to hook up with someone again? What did they say or do? Was it something unspoken like chemistry or something specific like asking for consent or stuff they did to you? These replies were really great. So someone goes, I orgasmed and laughed uncontrollably. Another one goes, unspoken for sure. I can tell within the first half of a hookup if I'd be down for another go. I am so, thank you. Like, I am exactly in the same boat. Like, I just know how it's going to go. Not even like halfway through, but like, when if they ask like, can I kiss you? And it's like a really nice kiss. I'm not talking about like sexual chemistry, but it's like, I don't know. It's like this unspoken thing that I can just tell like, you know, this person, they have my vibe. They're going to be down for like me pointing them in the right direction. I'm going to be down to like make them feel good. It's just a vibe. I don't know. Incredible kindness and softness felt safe to communicate my needs and desires. Uh, Someone else goes, turned out to be good at communication and into the same stuff as me so yay sometimes you know it's it's really important for people to be on the same page with those things uh they also said demonstrated good knowledge and consent and boundaries so that is a requirement for me as well uh another person said they stayed when everything was done it was like sex was part of the experience just not just the end i love that 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 is really nice Someone goes, all of the above, respect, consent, chemistry, and the importance of aftercare. So I am in the same boat. I love when people stick around. Um, I mean, I like sleeping in my own bed when I'm like, you know, out and about, but I'm not running off. (laughs) I like sticking around and uh, just decompressing and, and stuff like that. So there was this one person who sent me something so nice uh they said we had really nice cozy passionate sex and then he held me so close after he made me feel so nice asked what temperature i wanted the room and brought us snacks to eat in bed and a huge glass of water for me let me borrow a shirt to sleep in it was honestly the start of an amazing relationship i'm still with him four years later and i love like some people were like the bar is on the floor like the bar is so low (laughs) but uh it's not necessarily always about like the things that people are doing. It's more like the intention behind them. Like, you know, he obviously like wanted to make her feel good and welcome in his home, not just to get sex, but also afterwards. And I know it sounds like, oh, like the bar is literally on the floor. Like that's the bare minimum. But unfortunately, that's kind of just how it is. Like we notice when people make us feel good after sex um and i think that that's not something that is like insane to say you know um like when someone wants to cuddle or just like even hold hands or something like intimacy is not just for like long-term relationships i've had hookups with people who it was so intimate and so loving even though it wasn't a long-term relationship like it might have been the first time that we ever had sex but just the way that they held me and touched me and held my hand and made me feel great and I knew like the love wasn't there but it just felt really nice to feel those things because it felt so respectful um and then there's other people that'll be like don't do that to me because I'll fall in love and I'll get angry and I don't know how I feel about that but you know And then I saved two really great stories for last. Oh, here we go. An absolute no 
was when a guy shoved a bunch of stuff off my desk in an attempt to be super rough and passionate in quotations but broke like three of my things it was so intense it totally threw me off i get being caught up in the moment but i don't like when people think everything's a movie this like annihilated me i don't know why like imagine someone literally like making out with you and then like shoving everything off your desk and things break and they still try to just like have sex with you and you're just like on the floor like scooping up your little ceramic vase that's like in a million pieces and they're like so uh no sex like (laughs) I don't know like to me it kills me and I'm just like I'm so sorry for you and your precious little items that broke that sucks so much um but I also don't like when people think everything's a movie. Sometimes I'm like, relax. Like, not everything has to be this, like, whirlwind romance. Look at me. I can throw you and toss you and throw you on the desk. And I'm like, oh my god. Like, I do not want to be manhandled right now. Like, you know? So, I get that. Or just when people are, like, super dramatic in that way. I'm like, let's tone it down. But my ultimate favorite story oh my god are you guys ready for this okay and then I'll reveal some of my own but okay this this guy said a girl poured a vodka cranberry that was getting lukewarm on the nightstand all over herself while writing me to quote cool off was kind of not into it after that she was very sticky I (laughs) why why would you (sighs) oh my god like there's just so much to unpack here so she was on top writing you getting a little too hot splashes a lukewarm vodka crayon why was that on the nightstand there's a lot to unpack here um was there ice and no it was lukewarm why would she (sighs) if she was hot there's other options it's just a lot. It's just a lot to unpack. I I don't know, but okay. So an absolute no for me was one time, uh, I was hooking up with this guy and he really wanted to go down on me and I was not like super into it, but I was like, okay, all right. And then I gave him a couple minutes and I kind of like, was like, Oh, can you go up a little, you know, can you, you know, but I stopped kind of feeling things after a while because he was kind of rough and I kept being like, can you just less pressure? And he wasn't really listening. And then I was like, okay, I want you to stop. And I tried to like pull him up. He's like, no, I'm not going to stop until you come. And uh, I was like, that's not going to happen. And he sat up and he was like, that's because you don't want it. And I was like, okay, (laughs) we're done. Uh, It freaked me out so much. I did not like it. I was like, how rude. Um, it's just because like he was using so much pressure that I physically could not feel my clit anymore. Like I was like, please stop. Uh, but then apparently it was my fault guys. I just didn't want it enough. Um, how silly of me. Uh, and another kind of absolute no. And like, I did absolutely did not want to hook up with someone again was, um, this one time I was hooking up with someone and this was, I don't even know how long ago. This is like a long time ago. So uh, I go over to their place and um, they made me, or not made me, but they were like, hey, do you want to put on this shirt to get more comfortable? Because I was wearing a dress that was like really, really, really tight. And I was like, oh yeah, like thanks, you know? And I put on a shirt and it said something in Swedish. uh, And I was like, oh, like, cool cool shirt or whatever and then he got up and he's like I need to take a photo of you in this shirt and send it to my friend and I was like well what does the shirt say and he's like oh no I can't tell you it's an inside joke and I was like oh I don't really want you to take a photo of me he's like no 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 it'll be fun it'll be fun I won't get your face in it and I was like okay as long as you're not getting my face in it and then he took a photo of me in the shirt um and then he sent it to his friend and he was like giggling and he was like showing it to me and I was like he was like look look my friend thinks it's very funny I was like okay cool what does it say and he's like no you wouldn't understand it's like a Swedish inside joke and I was like took the shirt off and I was like I feel really weird about this and then he's like 
started kissing me and I was like, you know what? I, I don't feel cool about that. Like, what did the shirt say? And he was like, oh, you're such an uptight American. And I was like, first of all, sir, I'm also Icelandic. We already don't like you Swedes. Okay. That's a little joke, but you know, um, but Oh my God. Last episode, I canceled myself for 400 times with this episode. Now the Swedes are going to come for me. Uh, but I was like, already what is going on? And, uh, he just like got really upset and he was like, Oh, like you're so uptight. And he was like, I just like wanted to have sex with you. And you're so mad about the shirt. And I was like, that's not even what's going on. And I just started laughing. And then like, I put my dress back on and then he goes, do you want to keep the shirt? I was like, no, I don't want to keep the shirt. And he sent me a dick pic like two days later. So, I mean, I clearly did something to him in that shirt, but who knows? That photo of me is probably somewhere, you know, on the Swedish corner of Facebook and everyone's laughing, but at least my face isn't in it, right? Uh, But anyway, I would love to hear more of these weird stories. I want to kind of just randomly throw them into the podcast here and there. Uh, These podcast episodes where I read over the polls are just kind of when I feel like doing them. But if you have any suggestions for polls, if you want me to do a story on something, a podcast episode about something, you want me to interview someone, let me know. Uh, The lineup for the rest of the month is an interview with the founder of Laurels, an interview with uh, a therapist who specializes in curious coming out and lesbian relationships, people who are coming out later in life specifically, really excited about that, and a very juicy episode where I reveal the first video series for Beyond the Bedroom. So keep your eyes peeled for that too. I'm so excited to teach you how to finger people and how to have better sex and how to increase your sex drive and what to do when you feel weird about giving head and a bunch of like so many things. I'm going to be like the hankering of sex. Oh my God, it's all happening. But anyway, uh, (laughs) I don't know how he would feel about that. Does anyone know Hank Green? Reach out to him. Maybe Hank Green is the Hank Green of sex. I don't know. I don't know what he does. You know, maybe he's a sex god. We don't know. I mean, I'm sure he is. He's a very smart man. Please let me know if you have any suggestions. If you uh, want to hear anything, go to Mod and support the podcast and uh, keep your eyes peeled for all of these great announcements coming up. I hope that you are having a great day or night wherever you are. And I am sending all my love for one of the last times all the way from Iceland. My new phrase will be from DC. How crazy is that? Have a good one.